Hello and welcome to BeBell Podcast with myself, Sean Horn. I'm delighted today to be joined by Ema Varian Barry. Welcome, Ema. Hi, how are you? I am very well. Thank you so much for coming on BeBell. Um, it's such a great platform, such a beautiful community. We love to know all the stories of amazing ladies like yourself. So we're going to start today right at the beginning. Where did where were you born? Where did it all start for you? Well, I was born in Cork. My dad's from Kerry. My mom's from Cork. And I call both, actually, like we were just saying a while ago about like me calling Ireland and England home. I call Cork and Kerry home. I, bo- I call them both home. It's like... I just, I, I spent so much time in Kerry, like all my life that I, and I feel like I'm so much more connected um, to there. But yeah, born in Cork, uh, in a terraced house, in Friars Walk, born and bred. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just always a big kind of, my dad's an artist, my mom's a writer. Um, I, I was always quite creative and always brought up very, very creatively. And that was, yeah, that was huge, like music. Uh, violin and piano lessons like twice a week like art classes like it's yeah it was very creative upbringing and I think that's I mean it shows to um what like my sister is a performer and I'm a I guess my trade really is photography and styling so yeah that's kind of like how it worked out (laughs) so were you a natural at at the art side were you a natural straight away or was it something you had to work at not the art um at all and my, my parents like really just want me to go to, they weren't like pushy or anything they're like you'd, you'd be great in art college <laughs> and I was like oh boring <laughs> um but I think like I guess um it's something for us to rethink right uh like when it comes to art I look at art as art is everywhere it's everything it can be a person it can be you know chefs are wonderful artists yes the best artists art is about creating something from within and from a perspective that other people don't have I think you know no absolutely I think that it's it's, when you get the two together when you can understand other people's perspective that's when art really is quite magical I mean I I um the kid's dad Daniel it's like whenever he he wasn't he incredible family and incredible parents and, and all that but like he wouldn't be as like brought up as art super arty you know as me yeah and I was doing like landscaping work in the garden I'm like you're a fucking artist like you're an artist and he's like no go away like I'm yeah. like no like like this is art like this is incredible you're a creator and he's like oh, I don't know like something that I really really I want to like and I think my dad's like very similar my dad's like uh, actually taught me art for two years and um like in school and and he's like art isn't everyone it is everyone it is in absolutely everyone and it doesn't mean the way we think of like art is like you have to like draw a picture or shrine like shit a drawing like I couldn't draw a thing but I know I'm creative and 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 you know in, in other ways yes. so yeah it's definitely like there's no excuses it's in yeah, everyone no, I think it's 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 finding exactly that where you fit in like we do a lot of shoots at work and I work photographers and I, I'm really good at directing the shoot. I know how it should look, but I couldn't yeah. take the picture as well as them. So but I, that's what makes me, that's one of the things that like I'm, I love about the world and about people and the understanding and the consideration for people yes. that are all doing different things. 
and it's like an orchestra we're all like you pay somebody for their skills to be able to do something that you can't like it's actually it's it's what makes an economy like yes, is absolutely no, it so is it's like that. and so yeah. where did you go to school so I went to school in Christ the King in Turner's Cross and then I went to uh, secondary school in St. Al's. I was the only one who went for my class because my dad went to St. Al's or like he taught in St. Al's and um, he was there for first two years as art teacher, um, art history and like art, actual art. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, so I went there and it was, yeah, it was fine. Like I, yeah, yeah, really good school. Great, yeah, I guess. Like, I just didn't really connect in school. I didn't connect at all with school. I didn't even it's go to my dad. Yeah, yeah. and did you, what, what, did we all talk about groups of friends, you know, were you sporty? Were you no, academic? I had like a sporadic, like I was friends with like the girls who got in trouble. I was friends with the girls who got like straight A's. I was friends with the hippies. I was friends, and I think that's, just that's very also that's very confusing I think when you're made to decide to be somebody at such an early age you are literally out of the womb when you were 17. But I think that's really clever so I was very similar and people who say you're a social butterfly you're never in one group or whatever but I used to connect those people I was the connector and I am obsessed with connecting people and I always did that and I, I even did that in school yeah. <laughs> and you know what like oh it's like it must be actually like it's just frustrating to think that you do have to decide in in some way I, I think you know obviously I respect for education and you have to make decisions you have to study and you have to like make decisions based on what you're actually good at in school and like if you want to be able to like if if you do make the decision to go to university or whatever or like to do a, a, a college course but um, I think there's too much pressure when I grew up. I definitely think there was too much pressure to, I don't actually, I, I think there was, actually, no, maybe that's not it. I think there was just no follow up of, you don't have to do that thing for the rest of your life. Have this as a starting, like foundation as a starting point. There was none of that follow up. Yeah, you I know? think the pressure is still there. I, I have an 18 year old nephew at the moment um who went to uni decided that wasn't for him and now is trying to decide what to do and I'm like why do you have to decide do something that you enjoy now something you can fall back on I mean I've done everything like I'm one of those people when people say oh I'm I you know I I'm a dance teacher I go I used to be a dance teacher oh I run a pub I used to run a pub <laughs> because I I you know I'm 48 and I've done every job you can think of and probably there's loads more to come but yeah, that pressure of decision, I think, is madness. It's good to have something to fall back on, um, something in your bag, as they say. But yeah, no, you, you can't decide at that age. As well, who, who say to me, I don't have anything to fall back on. And that's okay, because that's obviously like part of your personal journey as well. I mean, there's people yeah. in the 50s who haven't even discovered that. It's just part of your personal journey start like really honing in on what makes what are you attracted to what do you have an interest in are there any career opportunities around that you know that's what that's what it comes down to down to the end of the day finding what gives you butterflies and get to that bit excited you know 
no absolutely and so when when you came out of school where did you go from there oh my god this is like this is such a like shit time in my life because I was so oh I don't know I was just like I was an emotional mess at that time I was like so confused and all this stuff going on in my family and it was just like it was was not a good time at all I actually like really really rebelled against my leaving cert and I mean could you imagine like the teacher's daughter (laughs) but like dad was actually like extremely kind and understanding to me at that time and like I think yeah my dad's like quite a free thinker and I think he's quite wise and he's seen a lot in his life and like he kind of trusted I I feel like he's kind of like he kind of like seen the likes of me before or something you know what I mean that like it's the mad ones when they're younger like they they calm down it's the ones who are like not mad or like quieter when they're you act to them so I definitely got it out of my system early um I rebelled against it so much that I actually like slept in for my uh, didn't even set alarm for my maths I hated maths so much for my maths A level I was just like I don't care like I don't give a shit and yeah. you know like, like like I never like gave back chat or whatever in school I was always like very respectful or the nuns would have taken my head off but um I think you know normal people have you watched it no I haven't yet I'm going I'm, yeah Marianne and normal people like in school it's like she says in school she's such a saucy bitch in school and she's like she like said everything that like I wanted to say like okay. but I never had else to say she was just like eh, to school but actually actually the difference was that she is a genius in programming I definitely wasn't I was good like English art you know I mean it's just textbook like this is like anything I was interested in biology like of course I was like plants and how you know the body and how like it's just I I, yeah I was just interested in like the alternative to you know obviously like I know that education like the academic subjects like important like it's brain training it's like I totally have respect for that but yeah I was just really drawn to and to 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 the music and the art and all that but um, when I came out of school then, yeah, I, well, I tried to repeat leaving. <laughs> I said to like, like I literally dropped out of so many things. Um, I tried to like repeat the leaving, dropped out of that. And um, then I, oh yeah, I was working actually. Oh, this is funny. Do you know, uh, oh Jesus Christ, what is it? You know, Dan Kylie. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Irish businessman. Yeah. The name of his company has gone from me. Oh, sorry. Um, I was one of his first employees. What's the bloody name for this down in Mahan? Oh my God, he would kill me. I actually, do you know what? What a communication company, what's it called? I was just oh. about to say the wrong one. I was just about to say a... Um, oh yeah, sure. I have Google right in front of me. Oh. Basically, I started working... Oh, this is like Fox such funny stuff. Foxbro Communications. Foxbro. Sorry, Dan. Um, basically, their first off, well, not maybe like their second office was literally the house right across from my house on the corner of Friars Walk. And I was like, right, Emer, you need to get a job. <laughs> no, I did a job. Like, I've been working since I was 13. I started working in Tony and Guy, but at the time, I didn't because I was like repeating the lead. I just wasn't working. It was like probably like the longest I've not worked since I was 13. It was about like three months. And um, I was like, right, something just to 
yeah, just to, to give it a bit of a time out. Anyway, went to, I was like, oh, I've no printer for my, I've no paper for the printer to, to like uh, print out the CV. I was like, oh, there's an office there literally right across the road from me. I'll just pop over there and uh, get some paper. Like, why not? You know, <laughs> um, I walked in anyway, had the chats with Dan and he was like, why do you, why do you need paper anyway? I was like, oh, I'm printing out CVs trying to look for a job. And he was like, oh, do you want to like start tomorrow? <laughs> So I started working for Foxborough Communications when they were tiny, when there was literally about eight people working for them. Wow. And that was actually called Pageboy Communications at the time. And then they got their big ass contracts and now they are leaders in their industry and they're doing amazing. So, um, yeah, that was, I, I met some amazing people when I was working there. And um, one was Marie who was doing filmmaking in St. John's. And I was like, perfect like obsessed with filmmaking like and I was very interested in like video production didn't even really know what it was but yes. yeah very interested in actually like PR and I didn't know what PR stood for how weird is that I was literally drawn to like the word the letters PR together yeah. when I didn't know what PR was again didn't come from a business background but where does that come from had you watched a tv program had you read something released through something and I was like but what it just sounded like exciting or something I don't know like it's all tits and teeth right <laughs> so yeah I mean it was it was really weird how I was like drawn to that but um anyway I yeah so she was doing the course at the time and I was like acting in like this little like movie oh yeah I'd done like a load of acting as well and I really wanted to be an actress and anyway that was like the what acting what acting were you doing studying with the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts that's who I'm actually doing my gold medal with at the moment and um, I've gone back to like to finish like their series of qualifications and um, but yeah so I was like doing all that so I was like in a little film that she was doing and then I was like I was meeting the other people who were doing the course and I was like oh my god I love I love this like I want to do this so started doing filmmaking and photography in uh, St. John's and then I was doing my work experience and I was like oh like I can't afford to go to Dublin, can't afford to like go to London. There's no way. I was like, where is the, uh, where, like, where are the opportunities in Cork? Like where, give me like a studio environment. And like, I know I, I've said this like a million times, but like there was, there was, there was no way I was getting into RTE. Like I didn't know anybody there. Okay. And that was because, you know, it was just such a like, it was that kind of environment there where like you couldn't get in there unless you knew anyone it didn't matter like if you had interest or talent or passion or I don't know if it's different these days it might be but it was just like not an option so um and it didn't matter if like I sent like a million CVs or like followed up yes. or like knocked on their door they just didn't want to know um so yeah I was like oh Red FM okay studio environment literally like got credit from the shop uh, called like directory inquir inquiries <laughs> and um, called Red FM and I was like, all right, do you uh, take on anybody for work experience? And they said, yeah. And anyway, I was in there a few weeks later um, for a few weeks work experience on the breakfast show with Casey, Keith Cunningham. Okay. And <laughs> old school. And he had a show. He's, with he's just, he's been around a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when he, yeah, when he was doing the breakfast show though with, um, with Cooper. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and then they offered me a producing job literally like a few weeks later. I was like, okay, say yes to everything. That's my analogy in life. We'll start out the logistics later. Just say yes to everything. So, um, yeah, and then I got a presenting job. Hated presenting. I was shit at that. 
loved the producing. And I think that's what I do so much today. Like I produce content and I swear to God that like there is nothing like working in a live environment. Like you have to go to work. Like you have to get that work done because you're going live in an hour. Yes. Like, nothing like that to give you you know to, to keep to, to really like get you going and, and where to did keep... you feel that were you uncomfortable behind the mic or you just didn't enjoy it I, I thought I sounded I just hated myself and, and that'll tell you like who I was at the time though yeah I behind myself a lot and uh, I, I probably wanted everyone to like me and I was just very like yeah I'm just so honestly like how, how old were you then Ema? 20. <laughs> well, we'll give you a break so <laughs> yeah 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 we'll give you a break <laughs> remember what we were talking about while ago as like the the uh, how do I say um like the um the inner voice like the or like the relief of just being apathetic and how that is actually a really good thing. It's yeah. not like he isn't, an, you know, a bad thing. It's, I was just, I'm so much more apathy. It's just about like apathy when it comes to like giving a shit what people think about you. Yeah. And yeah, again, when we just did like an Instagram live before this and I talked about how I would like rather, rather have died than to show, um, say my body or, um, like on my Instagram or to go live on the internet a few years ago and yeah. now it's second nature and I'm just like that inner peace with me is just it's it's not about like go live on the internet and like not be nervous about that it's about really just living your life for you and not giving shit about what other people and not living your life because you care so much about what other people think of you and like making those decisions because it's better for other people or what they will think of you it's like oh what are you doing to yourself so it's yeah funny. I always laugh because like, my friends was like you're so body confident you know I'm a size 20 I'm not a small girl but I've always been a bikini girl I want my tan so that's what's happening and I would take over that I'd walk on that beach like it's mine but if someone took a picture I'd be like oh my god no don't save the memory <laughs> This is, this is a feeling. This is not to be documented. <laughs> really, really, really important to, you know, you know why it's, it'll, you'll get loads out of it, but other yeah. people will as well. And I think like that's when I, I did a post the other day of literally my boots and Instagram and I was like, do you know what? These fed like three human beings. I went through like three pregnancies for some weird reason. They're bouncing back. Like I went for a consultation. Um, with uh, my friend's friend, the doctor, and like I went for a consultation in the shard uh, for my boob lift, and I was like that close to getting it done. And I was like, like I might in the future, but honestly, like I'm so I don't know what's after happening, but they're kind of going back to the way to you. <laughs> like I was, I like this probably sounds like stupid, but in the in the post I wrote, is this the thing? Like, am I just looking at them different? No, oh, I, well, I saw the post. It was a great post. <laughs> Are they becoming something different because I'm looking at myself different? Do you understand what I mean yeah. by that? No, absolutely. Like, and I think like that's what's it's perspective. Like I feel so much better when I tag those other girls. It's like every time I go on their profiles, I'm like, ah, I love myself. Yeah. And 
you know, that's what they do to me. And if I can do that and give that to other women, I mean, thank fuck the world is changing in such a good way in that it is now, you know, it's getting, it's, it's a lot more to be done, but you know, for real women and just real personalities and just your everyday yeah. person, it's just so toxic what we were exposed to in the past. Oh, I think so. I mean, I really hope that people learn from this time. I'd, I'd be so upset if they don't. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I think if, if it wasn't for the sad stuff happening, it's an amazing time and it's a gift and we should really treat it like one and learn from it. And um, you were saying earlier about, you know, birds in the, in the morning, like I wake up to birds now, I see bumblebees, like I haven't seen bumblebees. My life and I've just started. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. well, this is effective, is everything, you know, yeah. you're it's like, yeah, like I'm obsessed with the garden now at the moment. And like, I've always like loved the garden, very like nature conscious, but I'm really connecting with it now. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. You know, and it's not a coincidence that like being Q and like all these like, you know, huge uh, home companies are, you know, everyone's going there to try and like, those who are blessed to have a garden, which is very, very important. Yeah, yeah. no, it's huge. Yeah, so and basically, going back to... Um, your 20-year-old yeah, self. Oh, God. I feel like saying, I feel so sorry in her. Like, do you ever think about that? And like times in your life where you're like, she feels so sorry, like I'm that person. I just wish I was in that person's life now or something. And I think that's what makes me a better mother. Yeah. Thinking about like all the like stuff that, like I made mistakes with or that I, or that I just kind of like the wild side of Emer, if you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause she's there. <laughs> she's there still but she's a bit more she just doesn't come out as much you know yeah, yeah so basically like um, I was interviewing somebody from a stylist from Cork uh, on sec or, sorry on um, Cork's Red FM for my programme and uh, yeah we just got chatting and I met up with her when I was in New York on holidays for dinner and then I did work experience with her and yeah we just really connected and I stayed with her for a few months and um, I was working on like Sex and City too just like doing she was like a floral designer she was incredible she like really 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 took care of me um really took me in under her wing and 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 put a roof over my head like I was staying with her in her apartment and she I learned so much from her um but she uh yeah she was like doing like a lot of like the floral styling and the um just like you know the backstage like yes. production styling work that like we don't see actually like there's so much more that goes on that we just don't even see. Um, and of course, like I'm obsessed with like production and all of that. So like I was like in my element. Um, so yeah, I, I worked with her uh, on a few programs and, and movies and stuff. And uh, yeah, just kind of like met girls from the South. <laughs> yeah. Louisiana and Tennessee who are just like the Irish. <laughs> And I moved in with them and yeah, I was just doing like, I was working obviously, like it wasn't sorry. like. So um, the stylist didn't live in Cork, sorry. She lived in New York. Okay, I missed that, sorry. So you moved to New York at 20? Very big things. <laughs> I actually do. Um, yeah, so I, so then I got a visa and I started working with 
a jewelry designer and I was her like I was doing some marketing with her and she sponsored me that was amazing and then I was like working in a restaurant on the side like everybody else and it wasn't anything glamorous at all I was sleeping on a couch like the whole time I was in New York and I was broke and yeah it was it was like the textbook creatives New York story New York is great if you have money yes very difficult if you don't you know and it doesn't like I was working with like all these like by the end just before I left for Australia I was doing a load of like work experience with amazing photographers because what happens in New York is like everyone sleeps with each other and everyone just brings you up like you can meet someone you can meet someone on the piss in New York and you're working with them the next day on set like it's just it's such a free environment that's why it's like that's why it's New York yes everyone's doing amazing shit everyone everyone's like you know I don't know just like it's just did you like New York so I was completely done with it sorry my dad Jerry Barry he's coming in there now she's I can't actually turn this off two seconds two I have to like just tell hi dad I'm just in the middle of doing a podcast can I call you back in a minute oh he's gone all right sorry um I couldn't actually turn that ringing off so I had to answer it sorry um yeah so I actually just like I did I loved it and I love seeing such a raw environment but I was completely done with it and I was actually like really depressed at the end of it because it was too much for me I didn't have if I went back to New York now, oh my gosh, I would, I would survive there and okay. I would be so much like happier there and I would be in a completely different mindset. I would just be totally different. I would definitely be able to, like when I went back there last year, I was like, yes, like I'm definitely going to work and like trying to get back here, doing more work. It's just at that time in my life, it wasn't the best place for me to be but anyway (laughs) so decisions had to be made and what decisions did you make from there I was adamant one thing is that I was I mean I paid for the visa myself I I've I'd been through a lot of shit actually like stay there and and you don't get the opportunity to go and live and work in America every day so I stayed there until the very last day of my visa and it didn't matter like I actually did feel like there was a gun to my head the whole time though and I don't know if that was like you know, I always think like, oh, don't like regret anything, but I don't know, maybe I should have left like a bit earlier. I don't know, but I, I, I was just like that respect that I had for Emer, like you really wanted this. Like I had an idea that like I would go to like New York and it would be this like sex and city experience. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is when you come from family with a shit ton of money. <laughs> like <laughs> that was not my experience. Yeah. Oh my god! So um, <laughs> yeah. Then I um, I heard that like Melbourne. I just heard that like Melbourne was this like cool city to live in. I know. I actually was my mom that put the idea in my head. First of all, she was like, "Oh, Melbourne's like this European New York," and I was like, "Wow!" Like, and it would be really easy for me to actually get a visa there. So yeah, I just I moved to Melbourne. And how old were you then? Uh, no. Do you know what? Actually, I moved. Um. I moved to New York when I was 21. Oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know what age I was when I moved to Australia because I was in New York for two years. I guess I must have been... 23. <laughs> I'm good at maths. <laughs> I had my fourth birthday in New York. 
make yeah. that one. Um, but yeah, so I I went to to Melbourne and it was amazing. And I met my sister in Hong Kong, so she was just finished uni, and we decided to move together. She's still there. She's in Perth, yeah. and yeah, I I loved it. It was really nice. It was I was hugely homesick for New York, though. Even as hard as it was, I think you're more homesick for like the way of life for like the the mindset and did you just jump on a plane to melbourne or did you have a job set up did you know oh i had like two grand which i drank like a week obviously as so <laughs> yeah so we were like living in a hostel um and then i yeah i started like after it was really hard actually oh my god i started like trying to find a job and like oh no one would employ backpackers so anyway I did find an incredible job oh my god I love it so much it's called Madame Brussels and is in the city and then I was working with the Style Co who's actually Sarah just texted me this morning and um, they were doing like all like styling like incredible weddings like you know when you see these like pictures like long tables down fields like this was in the Yarra Valley it's just like stunning and they were just both the most beautiful human beings ever couldn't afford to sponsor me I don't think at the time and I would love to have worked with them but sure it wasn't meant to be anyway that I was to stay there um so yeah then I went to Darwin I feel like I've told this so many times on podcasts yeah, that I went to this is people, people. <laughs> well, yeah exactly but like you know I'm like oh should I, should I be like saying it the same again um so I I yeah my, I used to do my farm work obviously leaving out the big things again there okay. yes <laughs> work to be able to stay in Australia a second year so my sister had gone off and kind of like made friends with her like made her own friends and she went off to a banana farm and I was like yeah I'll do it like why not I'm open to anything so I got like word that there was this job opening on this oyster ship in Darwin I was like I'll go up there I'll fly up and I'll go for the interview and I'll get it and I'll get my farm work over with and it'll yeah it'll be fine I'll stay in Australia the second year I walked into that office we're gonna red, red lipstick and like this vintage dress I said they were like going on the oyster ship yeah <laughs> I was like I'll do anything just just yeah just just give me a day I'll show you what I can do <laughs> no I oh my god I definitely shouldn't have worn the red lipstick I wanted to make a good impression no absolutely red works wherever you are get the job <laughs> and so you got the job I can't even imagine um, are you kidding me <laughs> of course I didn't. Okay. They were like, eat the live. <laughs> I so would have given you the job just wearing red lipstick. <laughs> so um, then I was in the hostel at Darwin. And I was like, what are we going to do? So fell in love, obviously. Met. Um, <laughs> fall in love like every day. No, I, uh, I, I fell in love with the kid's dad. He's divine. And yeah, amazing human. So nice. He's like a builder from Byfleet in Surrey. And um yeah, I was I I hung out with them and, and with him for a few weeks and I was like, okay, you really, really need to get your shit together now. You have to get your farm work sorted. So we like um stayed together, but I went to Queensland on the right hand side of the country and he stayed in Darwin doing his construction work. And um I yeah, I got a job on a tomato farm. <laughs> um, like literally in the middle of nowhere. And got chased by like magpies every morning. I was oh like, God, I couldn't cope. I was cycling to the farm in the middle of nowhere, like every morning, with a massive stick over my head, waving it, going like, "Go away!" Oh Get my away! God! 
hilarious. I would be so, absolutely no good. I'm petrified of birds. That's just like my nightmare. I was so scared. It's like probably one of my first times that I felt like proper anxiety. I was so scared to leave because I was scared they were going to attack me. Um. Anyway, I yeah, I did did the farm work. Anyway, met some amazing like Irish girls on the farm and South Koreans who had like the best style. These guys would like rock up and I'd be like, yeah, unreal. Um, so of course I was looking out for the style and I'd like ride my bike into the charity stores and I still have dresses because you're talking about like your all the style from these huge mansions and queens, yeah. you know. The style I got, the vintage dresses, stunning. Like I still have a couple of them. So um what happened then? I went back to Oh yeah, so Daniel moved down to Melbourne because I loved my life in Melbourne and I was like, look, I really want to go back there. Would you be up for like coming along? And he was like, yeah. So, um, and then Daniel got really homesick. So uh, I decided I was going back to England with him. <laughs> okay. And had you spent any time in, the, in, in England before you made that decision? Oh, no, but it wasn't. Look, if I was making a decision like that these days, Jesus Christ, even if I didn't have kids, uh, there's no way I would have been making those decisions so willy-nilly, you yeah. know? No way I'd be like that these days. This is, this is a girl with no responsibilities. Yes. Children now. There's just no way I, I think the same. You know, this is like upfront thing, do everything, say yes to everything, you know, get with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's just, I'm not ashamed of who I was. Yeah. I mean, that's just what made me who I am today. And yeah, it was, it was an amazing journey. So yeah, set up shop. Actually, we were living uh, just across the bridge there, you know, St. Margaret's train station. Oh yeah, very well. Just around the corner there from that. So we were there uh, while I was pregnant with Tiersha. Yeah, at least she got pregnant. I was like, shit! <laughs> so um, yeah, that was, yeah. I, do you know what? I actually didn't enjoy that. I think I had like prenatal depression. So many people talk about like postnatal depression. I was so well, depressed. Now. Postnatal depression starts well before you have a baby. Yeah. People I was... that are prone to it, they start watching from 13 weeks. Oh, I just didn't want to have a baby. I did, of course I wanted to have a baby, but I was like so, so petrified. And like, I just did not want to be pregnant. I thought my life was over. That was How it, that's you... it. I mean, think about like, sorry, I was 26. Yeah, you're fine. How long had you been in London before you got pregnant? Had you made friends? Had you, you know? Nothing. nothing. I didn't, like, I literally had like zero. I was just like, I was just there with Daniel. Like it was like- but That's nothing. really difficult. Yeah, and I, I was like living, in, you know what St. Margaret's is like? It's like all these like women, like fair facts to them. They've built their careers and, you know, they've probably done it in a bit more of a planned way. But I was like coming out of my house and like looking at like people who were so established with their lives, having babies and who had loads of money. And we literally had zero money. Like we were yeah. on bed. I was like, no one would employ me with a bump. Like, I can't tell you how hard that was. Yeah. So then we moved out to Surrey towards the end of my pregnancy. And I was like working at a call center and for like a five or an hour. Ugh, I know it was a job. I know it's a job, but I was miserable. And I was getting like two trains, getting up at like five in the morning, like 33 weeks pregnant. I was just so fucking miserable. And yeah, then, then I just had to stop like working then when I, when I had the baby, obviously. And 
that's when I, like when Saoirse was about five months old, I like just started, I set up a, a Depop account, which is a, which Depop is like, it's kind of like an eBay, but it's more of a stylized eBay. Yeah. Like specific, like more like vintage, it's not like vintage actually, totally vintage, but it's, it's just more of like, yeah, just more of like a be more creative. Yeah. And I, um, it was totally like, you know, nasty gal, like girl boss story where like, I just got like secondhand clothes and I like, within a few weeks, I'd like, I remember I was like, I have 29 five-star reviews. <laughs> I was like so proud of that. I was like, maybe this could be something. Like maybe I could make a bit of money from this to actually like pay for our food. And I did. And then I was just kind of like documenting my just stories and 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 how I was feeling and and using photos and stuff like that on my Instagram and I was cross-promoting the Depop and people like really like seeing the Depop stuff I was like oh head over to me Depop if you want to see like what bits I put up today and here we are and it just got busy it's amazing isn't it yeah amazing like it was do you know what though it could have been nothing but I think like the motivation of having a baby, like having kids, obviously like I had three kids in between all of this. And it was, you know, it gave me that anchor. I would never have had the motivation to continue doing it. I always like trade things and then just like stop doing them. Like I could never like put my mind to something. And, and that's just who I am. I can't fight that. But with this, this is like the only thing in my life that I feel like I, I, I just, I, keep wanting to continue to do it yeah you know what i mean by that but i think when like you know you remember 29 five-star reviews you know so it was it it excited you and so, i was like something that i enjoy yeah what me that i could actually do something that i love to do for a little like that i love to do as a hobby and i can actually make money from it are you actually telling me that? Okay, I'm going to go hell for leather with this because I'm not like rubbing fucking toilets anymore. I'm not like working at tomato farms. I'm not dealing with like shit bosses that treat me like crap. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I was like, yes, okay, let's do this. And when did you realize that Instagram would become so important to you? Well, I was like, what? When, when companies started approaching me, like asking me to go to events and stuff, I was like, me like you know what I mean and then because it wasn't like nobody really knew not a mind people who were creating content um kind of by accident yeah but companies didn't really know what they were doing either but they had more of an idea I think the bigger companies kind of had more of an idea than than we did anyway um but then actually in saying that I think there are a lot of influencers who now know the potential of it and are actually telling companies yes to work. you know so like yeah but at the start I think um yeah it was just so different and um, do you see that industry staying the same growing it changes oh it changes so much and like so much has happened that we don't know about that honestly like I don't even have an answer for that okay. I don't I, I don't I'll be honest I'm not I'm not gonna like bullshit that, an answer for that yeah. I do um, I think the most important thing though, if you want to succeed with what I do or as a brand that has social media is to be open to change, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just, just to being able to, like, don't bother 
trying, you know, trying to reject something. It's like you have to like work with it in order to survive really. Um, and if there's a demand for something, like just work around it in a way that you think you can. And, and yeah, I think it's just being adaptable, right? Um, so what happened now? Oh yeah, so then like companies started like asking me, you know, just about like gifting. And I, I honestly like didn't have a clue. I was like, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> just like post a photo on your Instagram about it. And I was like, oh, okay, free shit. like oh my god like I really need a breastfeeding pillow whatever it was like the first thing I was ever gifted and they had in contact they're like oh would you like one for breastfeeding pillows I was like yes like I can't afford one I would love one thank you and um yeah it was it's weird It, it just happened they're very um like things started to click then obviously and I mean yeah I was successful business with it like things clicked very fast with me yeah and um, I started like to go to things and talk to other bloggers who were doing it very successfully. And I was thinking to myself, wait, I'm doing this already, what they're doing. Like, I can do this. And yeah, it's just, it's my calling. Like, but it's not just about, you know, what I do isn't about just about putting pictures up there and promoting brands and all that. That's only a tiny bit of what, that is my business, obviously, but it's, if I didn't have a community or if I didn't have something authentic there already, there wouldn't be any opportunities. So, you know, again, what we were talking about on the live earlier about every single follower is a number. Yeah. But that number is also a person with a human being with a whole life and that has to be respected, you know? And I think I'm really like coming to peace with the fact that I can't please everybody and people will always try and bring you down for whatever you're doing like if someone doesn't like you unfortunately there are people who will go out of their way to try and bring you down with them and you know I try to like laugh but before I used to get like so serious and upset and I'd actually be like crying on my Instagram stories being like why are you doing this <laughs> now I wouldn't be like that not, but I'd be like I can't take this anymore like I'm so sick of like getting this shit like I don't read the stuff online about me like at all I read it like once and I was like literally cannot tell you like suicidal like I was in like the darkest place ever and then I had to like completely reframe it completely rethink it Stacey Solomon really helped me with that actually so I was talking to her at the Amazon event in depth about it and she was like yeah I love I love things like that like it just gives them like it just gives them an area to go and like be see you next Tuesdays in like they are fine go and congregate and like just don't come in don't do not come into my like house basically um and she really like laughs it off i think the shit that she gets on her instagram is amazing to watch i have to say she really does she's great laughs it off and then so i think i think me reframing that and like really starting to like laugh it off has literally changed how i how i how i look and how i feel if i get anything it's it's humans can't fart right with some people, you know, like it's true, like no matter what you do. It is absolutely, and back to how you speak to yourself, you know, I know that, you know, I work with a lot of small business and they could send out a survey and they'll get 99 positive responses and one negative and that's all they concentrate on and I'm like, stop, you just can't please that one tiny person, look at who you have pleased. 
Yeah. But that is very, very difficult. I don't know what's, what's ingrained in our brains that makes us focus on that. Like, that's what I think is what I am in the process of changing, you know, yeah. because, and I, yeah, like, again, laughing it off is kind of like therapy to me as well and expressing that on my stories. Being like, you're only torturing yourselves. Yeah. We all, that's you're torturing yourself. It's funny, me- I, I started Bebel because of my niece and she's, she was four at the time and she just is so confident and she loves herself and she just is legendary. But I always say she loves herself because every day people tell her she's amazing and she believes it. And something happens as we get older and we stop believing it. And then something happens as we get older again and we start believing it again. And, and if you could just fill the gap between the four-year-old and the 45-year-old so that we stopped feeling like that, you know, even a small little change every day just makes such a massive difference. And I've noticed with... Yeah, I've noticed Annabelle now when you say to her, oh, you're so beautiful, Annabelle. And she's just, she's five and a half. And now she says, I'm not beautiful. I'm really nice. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh my God, she gets it and she's five. I love it. And it's something so pure and authentic from that age as well, you know? Like everything is coming from an extremely pure and authentic way. Yeah. So, So yeah, it's with a lot of like small businesses which is really important like I get off on working like I'm obsessed with small businesses and giving them that push and seeing their potential and and just kind of giving to them what I've learned and yeah I've just been as you know like I've been doing all those workshops for free and learning so much about myself in the process as well which I never ever thought I would it just like was it set off as being this you know just sharing the wealth and and using your skills to actually like help people in this time um and yeah I've been doing those and and just always trying to promote beautiful brands that I love and small businesses and all that um and then I liaise with ad agencies and you know global companies regularly and it's amazing to like learn from them as well because every single campaign or you know bit of content that I create is like every contract is different and people work in different ways and I'm all you often get people um approach you and you're like this actually doesn't sit well with me or this isn't really what I'm about I always say like the most impure like shit companies have the most money yeah it's true like it is so true and like that's going by experience and yeah there's just I just, yeah, and it's it's really important to like respond respectfully. I think to like companies who, because it's like the companies who have the least authentic voice will throw so much money at trying to work with people who have an authentic voice. And I'm like, you can throw as much money as you want, you know, at that. It's not gonna work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's so cringe sometimes to see contracts come through or proposals, and I'm like. Do you actually think that this is gonna work? Like that it's like they don't, they never respect it goes back to I think of you know respecting customers as human beings. Yes. And also respecting followers because follow like people online where like you know it's the public, it's like, but but this is a human you're talking to. Are you human? You must not be, because this this is never gonna work. <laughs> Yeah, so I am actually, that's, that's been happening like less and less. I'd say that has, 
that hasn't happened for ages. Um, because I've built relationships now long-term with companies who I regularly work with. We totally get each other. It's all about the longevity for me, you know, like continuing to be a voice for a brand or, you know, yes. to, to yes. actually like work with a brand long-term that, uh, yeah, totally get me. I totally get them. Our style totally matches. And um, yeah, I've just signed with a, a huge agency, um, which was amazing, like Premier. Um, so they're my exclusive first time exclusive agency wow. letting that control go Emer. <laughs> can you do it i don't know um but yeah with an agency does it all it just goes so people would contact the agency now to work with you or they still contact you or if they were to work if they were to contact me still i'd yeah i'd cc in the agency and they yeah. liaise with it it's still, do you know what? I thought it was going to take a lot of admin off my shoulders, um, but it's actually not because you're actually like adding in another person. You're adding in a middleman to get, say if I'm sending a project over for approval and, you know, usually I'd like direct it to like straight to the brand. But now I think I'm going to have to like put it through the agent and then the brand. Blah, blah. But that's fine. That's fine. It's just, it's just for me and as a business, every single business has their sales department. Why shouldn't I? I yes. have absolutely no shame in saying that. I think it's, you know, bloggers and influencers get such a bad reputation. It's like, people are just jealous. People are just like stamping their foot. They can't, because they're getting, they're getting, you know, opportunities that other people are not. And it's just, it just, it's such a like- you work hard. But it's also like, it just has, like, this is, this is a business, like the same as like any other business. So I, I look at this as being my sales department. So over, like over the Christmas, I approached cause I had the time and like Daniel was here and stuff. It was like, I had, I literally approached a ton of companies introducing myself, sending off my, my content um, sending off like the, I don't really have a portfolio actually because it changes all the time and it, it really like depends on who I'm approaching, but just introducing myself basically. And a load came back and they were like, no, like we don't think you're the right fit for the brand or we don't have any opportunities available at the moment, which is totally fine and amazing. But I mean, at least you're on their radar if you're doing yes. that, right? You don't know. They might be like adding you to their saved folder on Instagram as a content creator that we might want to work with. Five it's years networking and networking it's is so important. Yeah, it's and, and that's literally like I love networking. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with that. Obsessed like connecting people, putting myself out there, and that's just a skill that I have. I'm really shit at other things, but yeah, that's just yeah. what I what I come to with. Um, I, think we, I think we're cut from the same cloth there, Emma. You <laughs> <laughs> sounds like we do. So uh yes, yeah, so um that's going to be happening. From now on and i'm really excited because premiere is just another level if you know what i mean i mean yeah that's all about for me it's about slowly and very steadily it's not like i just hate this whole like oh my god i just like grow 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 be the biggest it means success that doesn't mean success really like no like, success and i think i think those that didn't know it are probably learning it now which is a great thing Absolutely. Says success, as we were talking earlier, is, is about going out there in the back in the morning, listening to those birds, looking up the trees and being yeah. appreciated. That, like, make my heart pound. 
and everything else will like come it's just that like there's this quote on instagram a few weeks ago and i was like i used to be really impressed by people who had designer labels and who would like who you know i don't know just like be, have the coolest things and now i'm really impressed with people who have inner peace and it's so true because i'm like whoa you seem so at peace with yourself where did you buy that <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> That's what it's about for me, like, honestly. And um, so, yeah, for me, I, I'm so happy, actually, where I am at the moment with what I do. Because, like, obviously, because I have such tiny children, being a mom is my absolute priority. It'll be different when they go to school. I think I'll go a bit more like hell for leather when, they go, when they're all in school. Um, but, yeah, for me right now, it's like, they, and they totally get me. Premier, like, know who I am, what I'm about. They've Like, Lucy has been following me for a few years she just like I was so scared of like like oh like if I have an agent it's like my voice is gonna change or you know like they're gonna try and change me yeah. I think it's you know what I mean like you have that like because you're handing over really like something and something no, absolutely but if you work with the right people it's a good time to do it I can't wait to see what's going to happen I I'll be following um <laughs> We always go to the jar at the end of, of every interview. So these messages these have been left by your predecessors, the people that I've interviewed. So it's really weird me opening them, actually. But I'm going to chuck a couple of questions at you. Um, just quick. So who is your biggest inspiration? Oh, God. <laughs> you know I'm so bad at answering these. Um, I've got so many interests in different things. Um, oh, my dad. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Next one. Dad, so. Sweet or savoury? I'm a savoury girl. The last one here now. What do you do for you? What is your self-care? Um, I love, love, I'm getting all like, oh no, even thinking about it, I'm obsessed with baths, like, yeah, I just, I don't like have a routine or whatever, like I'm always like, with what I do as well, I'm always being sent different products to try, which is amazing, um, so there's always like something beautiful there to be able to put into the bath and to try out, yeah, I'm not like super like beauty obsessed, but I'm, I love like just yeah putting on tan and like shaving my legs and yeah maintenance and pampering yeah I love yeah I love that that's amazing Ema listen thank you so much for joining us today on Be Bell um I've loved it and um I can't wait to see what happens next thanks so much for having me